You know, I um, obviously am jealous of those guys for a lot of reasons. For the part of my take podcast guys, they're amazing and award-winning AWL. Uh, but the fact that they got to finally interview what, Aaron Rodgers. What does that stand for, by the way? Award-winning I, I, listener. Award, they oh, okay. give they they okay. say there are listeners or every year they give them awards for gotcha. the best listeners, podcast listeners. Uh, but they do. They got to interview Aaron Rodgers today, and I will just say, I I um. I think that Aaron Rodgers, he is, he is honestly just as out there as I think we're all starting to realize he is. They asked him about the tattoo. He didn't want to talk about it, but he did laugh when they jokingly said uh, that they had previously mentioned that they thought his tattoo looked like what Kylie Ir- Kyrie Irvin thinks his brain looks like. And so <laughs> yeah. he kind of laughed at that, but like he did not want to talk about it. So I was, you know, it's it so was bizarre. It, it, it was, he, he's so open when he wants to be. Yes. With McAfee you know, and then, some other guys. Little, he, he's like purposefully mysterious is what he, he wants does. To do. He really he, wants you to be inquisitive about him. He, absolutely. I also think he was definitely and big cat said it. I'm part of my take. I kill big cat with kindness and not be like, a, be like a douche, but they had a lot of, I mean, it was a lot of, if you're a bears fan and you got, it's an interview you have to listen to. And, find it on part of my take on their YouTube and, or, or listen to it on, on Apple podcasts, wherever you get your yeah, podcast, a, a huge diehard bears, bears fan. So. And um, I'll just say, I think they, I think they did a great job. And they said at the end of the interview, he feels like they're going to be able to get him on again. And you feel like Rogers, I will say what, one of the big things they took away from the interview and what I, if I ever had the chance to speak to Aaron Rodgers, we ever had the chance to interview it'd be something I would strive to do is that like Rogers, his football, like knowledge, he was rifling off plays. Like, Oh yeah. That 2012 game against the bears. We had the fourth and one who did this. They're like dude is an encyclopedia and they didn't get to, they kind of scratched the surface of this, but it's something I would definitely dig into more now. And anyone who's gets a chance to interview Rogers McAfee as well. Um, you need to learn from this interview. The dude wants to talk about like previous guys or guys he watched. Like he spent even like, it was like a minute just kind of talking about Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning's like handling of the West coast offense. Yeah. And, and it was, he talked about like, yeah, it was fascinating to hear that. And I do think that Rogers is a guy you could tell he loved talking about that. And he really loved talking about just like the art of football and like, and like what he loves to do on the football field and how it works and how offenses work. That is interesting stuff to hear because they jokingly mentioned to him. And I do think it's, it's just true. When you watch uh, Packers games, there are times you're just like F you Aaron Rodgers. Like, how'd you do that? Like, he's like a wizard. I mean, he really is. Like, so hearing him kind of talk and divulge a little bit more about that, um, it was really fascinating. It was cool to watch. And so good for them. It was a great interview. Shout out to them. And, uh, and uh, man, it, it certainly made me hate Aaron Rodgers a little bit more, though, because you could tell he just loves destroying the Bears. And he's so smart. After listening to this interview, and he knows football so well, it's one of those where you're like, he's just going to destroy us. Every time it doesn't matter what we do, he's going to destroy us. It, yeah, it's um, it's just brutal. Playing, it's, it's just uh, brutal. 
He mentioned three more years that he that slipped too. So he's like, you want, it seems like he kind of wants to play into his forties maybe now, but Aaron also seems flippant and like things could turn on a dime from that. Yeah. He, he could change that opinion and, you know, halfway through the interview. Absolutely. Um, so that it, it was fascinating. I only got through um, about half of it. So I got to watch the, the other half. Um, I watched the first half today, found it very interesting. He is, uh, I, I will say this, as smug as he may come off sometimes, uh, I, I actually thought this made him a little bit more likable. And Agreed. Maybe the fact that he, like, put himself in the lion's den and, like, he did feel, like, as as joking as they were, there were, you know, a couple moments of, uh, you know, contention in there. And I mean, it's they like, straight up were like, how many people do you think you killed because you didn't get vaccinated? Like, yeah. and they, they joke about it in their podcast. And Rodgers did shut them down. Like, I don't think that's funny. And they rebound. But like he knew like big cat. If you follow him on Twitter, he tweets all the time, like jail, because it's like, he didn't get vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. And so like Rodgers knows, I mean, Rodgers not dumb. He did his, he did his, he said he didn't do any homework on the guys before they started the interview, but But you know, he, he knew what he was getting himself into. And the people around him knew that like, and, and part of my take, I give them credit. And it's one of those things like, we don't obviously do guests because we don't, we do once a week. They have a, they have a three shows a week. They try to do guests because yeah. otherwise yeah, it's their full-time job. Yeah. If we did three, three shows a week, we'd have to bring on more guests because you'd be so sick of just us. But you know, we think about an hour a week, we can handle just us. But um, they, they, they always say like, they, they don't do, they don't like to do the interviews where it's like just 15, 10 minutes and it's canned and it's like pushing a product or whatever. They wouldn't have done it if they couldn't have Aaron Rodgers and be able to rifle some of that stuff off. So I give give them credit. You're right. He came off a little more likable, I think, in general. But I do think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy. I think he's, this is also Aaron setting himself up for post-career. I think Aaron yeah, wants yeah. to have a very, very out there in the media, talking, podcasting, new type of media. I don't know if it's in a booth, but I maybe a new type of media working for uh, a McAfee or ESPN, like doing his own type of thing. Jay Cutler's got his own podcast where I mean, like hell, Joe, he might be a self-help guru, you know, and his, I think he, he thinks himself be- as maybe like Joe Rogan, even like talking politics, yeah. doing that yeah. stuff. And I think this is kind of setting that up as well. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see whenever he does choose to, uh, you know, lay, lay some up for good. And, uh, and, sail away into retirement it's not gonna be jeopardy this time around he did yeah. he, he was open about that he said he really wanted that job which we all know he, he uh, did want that job of course to be like yeah dude i i really wanted that job that i mean that would have he I was honest think, you know he could have said his uh football career but uh he would have yeah. done it for he could have played coy on a lot of stuff and he, he was honest it's a it's a good interview watch it if you've never seen part of my take and you're and you go into watching it they're the number one sports podcast in the, in the world. And those guys, they are, they, they do a great job of being like, we're just meatheads. We're, we're, we don't try to overanalyze things. We are fans first. And so know that it's not like if Colin Cowherd gets to interview him or like, you know, Scott Van Pelt, they're going to have some fun, but it's going to be more like football, 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 the, the barstool guys, you know, they, they, part of my take does a good job of like it's more a hangout session. It is. They want to just be you know. chill and make you laugh and make him laugh and, and goof around. Speaking of which, you know, it's a big deal. If Colin Coward mentioned on his show, the part of my take interview. Very true. Uh, and yeah. so uh, yeah, I think he, he coward is smart though. 
Howard, of course, knows. He knows those Barstool guys inside out. He knows yeah, Big yeah. Cat, but he plays the whole, like, I don't know. I, I think there's a, some guy, like a big like a big cat or something, and, and any other guy, he tries to play dumb, like, oh, PFT something. He wears glasses. They're funky, weird guys. I think he said that Big Cat does stand-up. He knows that Big Cat does not do stand-up. Coward yeah, that, that kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, did he used to do stand-up? No, Coward's just, trying, like, Coward just trying to play like, I don't know these guys. Right, right, and listen, yeah. Coward is, he's the old guard. He is the number one syndicated radio show. Him and Dan Patrick are number one. But like, he knows it's dying. And what's more important now is like you saw, like, and now we're just talking sports podcast now, but I think it's fascinating yeah. stuff. You see, like uh, Stugatz, Dan uh, Lebetard. Sure. They were they were num they were number three in that group with with Cowherd and with Patrick. But they left ESPN to just go purely podcast and kind of do the McAfee thing. And now Lebetard, McAfee are the two and three to the pardon my take guys as far as the biggest sport podcast with um, Bill Simmons and the Ringer guys. And so Cowherd. He knows he's defending his space a little bit. Like, no, I'm still radio first and syndication. And, Even and though he has the volume now. He has the volume and he, and he does his podcast stuff, but his numbers don't do nearly as much. You know, overall, Coward has a giant reach because of radio and the podcast, but it's still not the reach that those guys have on their platforms. Yeah, no, like you said, it's old school. It's different. Uh, it's a different media. He has to play coy. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Has to. Um, all right. Well, we got a, a little bit lighter show than last week, at least, because we had training camp off and running a lot yeah. of things to go over there. This kind of, you know, weekend, not a whole lot has happened, but we will touch on a few of the news and notes from uh, around the league over the past week, as well as um, it was the 2022 Hall of Fame induction uh, this past week as well. So we're going to discuss those inductees and the uh, class of 2022 yeah. thoughts on all of that. And uh, just touch on a couple other things, as uh, and that that'll pretty much do it for the show for today. Um, so let's start, Mark, with uh, you know some of the bigger news, I guess, that's come out in the last twenty four hours. That being Kareem Hunt requesting a trade from the Cleveland Browns officially. This is kind of something that was building towards happening, given that uh, Kareem, uh, you know, had been expressing you know his uh, dissatisfaction with his contract, wanted a new contract extension. This is his final year of his current contract set to be an unrestricted free agent next season. So this was the next step in that line. You're not going to give me a new contract. Then I'm going to request a trade. The Browns have reportedly denied that request. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see, kind of see what happens here. But um, I, I guess we'll discuss first kind of the reaction to his situation and the Brown situation. And then maybe we'll discuss some possible landing spots. Should he get traded? Listen, the Browns, I mean, I get why they're, they're playing hard to get. He is a valuable ba valuable piece for them, especially knowing that the Watson suspension is looming whenever it comes down and however it goes down. And, uh, you know, Nick and Chubb is obviously the premier back, but he's battled with some injuries and Hunt has battled with some injuries as well. I Listen, if I'm Kareem Hunt, I don't know if I want to draw this attention Um I get it that Kareem Hunt is money's probably a big focus for him. I mean, he was set to be a made man in Kansas City before the domestic violence and the stuff he had to deal with. And I and I think Kareem Hunt, if I were in his camp, I would say to him, I don't know if this is a smart, a smart move. You've really done a good job kind of rehabilitating your career. No one really talks about that anymore with him. He's not really associated with it as much. Um, and it's the only reason that he was 
a free agent and no one really knew to touch him. And, and Cleveland took a flyer on him and, and he really worked out for Cleveland. Um, so I get why they're kind of like, listen, dude, we, we gave you your career back and uh, we want you to honor your contract. And so it's a little bit of a, a tough situation. He's got a lot of value for at least a year or two. I don't know how much legs cream hunt has beyond that is running backs are to a, a dime a dozen. It's cliche to say, so it's in a weird situation. Listen, Kareem Hunt with the right team and getting you know a team that you know is a kind of a missing piece away feels like hey if we could add a running back, uh you know to this to this roster uh, you know a Tampa because they lost out on Jones obviously they have Fournette you know Giovanni Bernard but you know a, a win now team he'd be a great piece for it. but I think he more wants to find that place where it's like no he could be a feature back and get a long-term deal. I don't know exactly where that is or what team would be willing to give up big money to do that for cream hunt. So it's obviously going to be a unique situation to keep our eyes on. Yeah. I do think that, you know, Kareem is going to be 27 years old. This is his chance to get his last contract in the NFL, at least last, uh, you know, lucrative contract. The benefit that he has going into this is that for a, you know, fifth year veteran, he has less tread than maybe a lot of other guys, you know, like even just to compare like to someone like Saquon Barkley, who has only played four seasons and has missed a significant time of the last two. Yeah. Uh, they're only a hundred carries apart from each other. That's uh, crazy. Kareem Hunt uh, still has, you know, a lot of, you know, run left on, on those uh, wheels. And so, you know, given his production, uh, in recent years and pretty much his whole career, uh, he hasn't really showed any signs of slowing up. Like now in a couple of years, that probably will be the case. It very well might be, but you know, if, if he can go to a team right now and actually help them win, uh, I think that'd be a best case scenario for him and, and whatever team takes him on. I don't think he's going to garner a, a big five-year deal, but he could get a three year with a lot of guarantees, like, you know, and, uh, and make some decent money here for, you know, the last, uh, you know, good portion of his prime. Um, you know, it, the Chiefs, honestly, to me, are would be a great um, team to go and try and get him back. Uh, they need a run game pretty badly. It, it's apparent to me that Clyde Edwards-Alaire just isn't, hasn't worked out, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much they're willing to just, like, keep trying to make it a thing. He was a first round pick of theirs just a couple of years ago. So obviously you're invested, um, but you're not invested as much as, uh, you know, anyone that you've given a long-term contract to. So I think the chiefs would be kind of towards the top of my list there, but there are teams like the Falcons that are in contention. And what about Buffalo Buffalo? Uh, you know, they just drafted a running back, but they, it's not like they have uh, any super established guys. there. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are, you know, timeshare guys. And uh, yeah. Kareem Hunt could definitely be more of a, a workload back. You also got to think about the teams that just love to run the football. I mean, Seattle comes to mind. They have picks to deal with and True. the run game is really important to them. Uh, San Francisco is always willing to find themselves a new running back and a plug and play. Um, Arizona could use it to me, a, a guy who'd be like, Hey, actually like a featured running back. They've tried and kind of run through some people. Uh, so, you know, well, there's, you think, so do you think it would be James Conner and Kareem Hunt? Uh, would it be a similar situation to the Chubb and Hunt 
Yeah, I mean, probably a little bit closer to 50 50, but yeah, I mean, James Connor and and Kareem Hunt, like, I I just feel like that's the type of like, then you have a real one two punch as opposed to, I mean, and listen, Connor had a really nice season, but I bring them up because they're in a Arizona hasn't been afraid to make moves, go get guys, and they're again, they're missing Hopkins, and I think they're going to probably miss Hollywood Brown for some time now after this recent arrest for Hollywood Brown. So they could just like, Hey, lean and they in. lost like, Chase Edmonds. He, yeah. He like, let's Miami go. Now. That's yeah. my thought was like, let's go get a guy. I know that yeah, they have, yeah. you know, they have a, uh, uh, and they signed him to a nice little deal, uh, Connor. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, he got an, an extension. Uh, so there's, 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 there's places out there. Again, I just don't know exactly what you have to give up and what the Browns would want. And again, I just, I feel gross feeling if I'm in if I'm in his camp if I'm in Hunt's camp saying listen I, Cleveland you're going to get a lot of carries you're going to get numbers you're going to have production they value the run game you don't best you know, offensive line in the league or you don't have to be league. beat up I mean Chubb is going to take a lot of the between the tackles carries you're going to get a lot more pass catches and out of the backfield stuff in, in the zone running game um I would maybe be in his ear a little bit like I feel like there's still going to be good money for us when we just hit free agency next year, and then we can decide where we go. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. but it's a risk because injuries happen, and he missed a lot of time last year. So, it, it's I, you know, guys are guys are you know when they feel like this is the time to get their money. Also, if I'm a team, maybe I feel like that he knows something we don't know. He maybe he knows his body isn't going to make it through a season and like hit free agency healthy because a lot of guys say I want to bet on myself. Let me get to free agency. He seems to be kind of going the opposite, pushing the direction. So there's all those games that get played too behind uh, closed doors. It's harder for running backs, man, especially now. Like, how do you, how do you get that money in the league when there's so many to go around and so many teams now employing the, uh, the two running back? It actually might save the position in some ways. Yeah. Um, the two running back thing because so many guys we're seeing workhorse guys just getting hurt. A yeah. lot more, you know, and uh, maybe this will actually help, you know, spread someone's career out a little bit further, yeah. but they're probably not going to make the money that uh, this position used to get. It's yeah. weird. And it's one of those things. It's like, when's the next time you have a guy who's like a young it, running back was one of those easy positions where it's like, Oh, that guy's going to be a hall of famer, but it is now it's one of those positions where it, in the last couple of years and in the, in the, in the future, drafting a guy that's like, oh, that guy's going to be a Hall of Fame running back is like almost nearly impossible to say. Derrick Henry is going to have to really work hard to fight to have a case to be like that kind of guy to break that trend. But you look at the Saquons, uh, the Zeeks, the Christian McCaffrey's guys who you'd say, oh, in the last couple of years, they were drafted with the potential to be a Hall of Famer, but they just can't stay healthy enough and commit to a team long-term enough to do it. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, again, like he's a great, like, there's guys that even maybe had the trajectory, but the, the organizations just don't value committing 10 years to a running back anymore uh, unless they are some sort of really, really freakishly special. And again, Derrick Henry might be that one guy. So yeah, if you're, if your goal is the, is the running back to be like, no, I need to find my team so I could become Adrian Peterson for an eight year stretch. That's just not happening. Yeah. It's just unrealistic. Yeah. Unless you get with Shanahan and you stay healthy with Shanahan and he just loves the hell out of you, 
or like get young and healthy with the Pete Carroll and he might commit to you and stay again, you're going to have to show incredible health and you're going to have to show very little decline in a long, over a long period of time. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with Kareem Hunt. And uh, if the Browns eventually do decide to trade him, obviously they're not going to be able to put too big of a, a bill here, given that they've got a lot of money tied up elsewhere yep. in the quarterback position. Um, another, you know, some unfortunate news for the bears, actually, um, Nikhil Harry, this is a bummer, uh, severe ankle injury. He's going to be out for a good portion of the season. Uh, that's kind of a tough blow to the bears receiving core, despite his overall lack of production up to this point in his career. I mean, if you're the bears, you want, you'll take any, you know, chance you can get at, uh, finding someone with some gas left in the tank, but, and he was still young too. So that is unfortunate. They lose a, a big body target and a good blocker too. Uh, yeah, obviously they took a flyer on. Him. So he wasn't in camp two weeks ago. He wasn't on my team. And now it looks like he's going to be uh, missing, you know, missing some time here, at least probably it probably one of those IR. And if you can get him back after your, you know, your bye week or whatever, depending on whether surgery is needed or not. I will say this though. There are some things popping up in camp that I'm liking out of the bears wide receiver core. Again, Darnell Mooney, a lot of it fall, falls on Mooney because if he develops into a true number one and is, if he's 85% of his comps, which are Diggs and Justin Jefferson, then you're like, Oh, well that guy's a legitimate number one receiver. If he can become 85% sure. yeah. of Diggs and Jefferson, which is similar body type way he plays the position, then you're like, yeah, the Bears have a number one wide receiver. So a lot of it rests on that. And this um, Jones Jr., the kid out of Tennessee, the third rounder, I've heard nothing but great things from him in camp and speed, explosiveness. The, the, the bummer is Harry was supposed to be the one bigger physical guy. The Bears are still kind of lacking that. Byron Pringle is a, is a little bit taller. Um, and, and they, you know, they, so they, I've, I've seen good things out of uh, him in camp. And uh, St. Uh, Equiminius St. Brown, you know, so they have some physical size, but I haven't heard as much as scouts really raving about Mooney Jones Jr. And then it was a bummer because Pringle was, I mean, uh, Harry was supposed to be able to be that maybe like, oh, okay, now you have at least your kind of six three traditional big wide receiver who could take on the big yeah, cornerback target. Yeah. yeah. But they have, you know, Cole Komet as well. I mean, he he's heard good things from him out of training camp. So, bummer. But I don't want to lose too much sleep over because, again, he, he wasn't on my roster two weeks ago. He was. Excitement because you take a flyer on a guy, but it's not like you gave up a first-round pick for him and it's like, oh, no, we needed this guy to hit. Yeah, yeah. And this was, you know, um, you, you never like to see any guy go down, but the first uh, week and a half of training camps, we've had relatively no major, major injuries, yeah. um, which is good. Obviously last week was Tim Patrick wide receiver for the Broncos um, Buccaneers center, Ryan Jensen. Those are the two big ones and on to Keel Harry. Um, and, and we'll see some other guys on pop and those are just too early to tell. They might be coming off yeah. of them in the coming weeks here. As we get ready, we did have our first preseason game. We got our first NFL action. So now there's not going to be a, week without NFL football until uh, February and um, and that, you know, college football, right. Included into that mix as well. Yep. Um, 
did, did you have any thought? Did you watch the game? Yeah, first I, off and your I, I, I did watch. I did watch some of it. I will say I had a question for you because this is a take I feel strongly about. Okay. So I kind of wanted to put it to you. Um, we got to see Walker, the number one overall pick. Uh, he got yep. the roughing the passer, which Raymond is such a bullshit call. Play, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, like- out of Georgia <laughs> on uh, on Jared Stidham. That's another one of those. Oh, that's right. Jared Stidham's still in the league. Where do you, you know? Remember, it was like a year ago. Everyone's like, Stidham, he could he be the starting be the- quarterback. And then they drafted yeah. Jones, and they're like, well, don't count out Stidham. And I was like, all right, count out Stidham. The dude's trash. But he's the backup, it looks like, to uh, Derek Carr. Um, but that makes sense because you you bring him in because he knows McDaniel's offense. And that was one right, of those, right, duh, right. no-brainer. Of course, Stidham is there. Even though he's not talented enough to really be a, 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 cap- a really capable starting backup, you want that guy in camp who Derek Carr can ask questions to. It's like, okay, what about this? Because he literally knows the offense. So, um, but interesting, My, like – the Raiders and the Jags did two different things, and this is the question I'm getting to. I like Trayvon Walker playing in this game. I like Trayvon Walker seeing action, not a ton, but going up against other NFL bodies and and playing in an NFL game and getting that experience. Josh Jacobs, meanwhile, carried the ball five times, the starting running back for the Raiders. I hate Josh Jacobs getting five carries if I'm a Raiders fan. I despise Josh Jacobs getting five carries in the Hall of Fame game. Yes, in like game, in a traditional preseason, you have four games, so you say game three. I like my starters to get a series or two. I don't even really like them to play a whole quarter. I like them to get a series or two because, again, you have to get hit at some point. You have to find those things. And if they get injured in a series or two, I'm pissed, but I'm not going to burn down the building. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go calling for my coach's head. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. they get injured in, they're playing into the second, third quarter of, of game three, which is really game two now of the preseason, I'm pissed. Again, I want my starters to play no more than a couple series, a quarter, absolute max. Yeah, and even the then, entire preseason, actually. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and then again, even that, I like it to be protected. But the fact that Josh Jacobs getting five carries, that really would frustrate me as a Raiders fan. So, where do you fall on that philosophy of the preseason? And like, again, for rookies, yeah, you got to play. Now, now that I've seen Walker play, I'm going to treat him like other starters and I'm going to protect him because he's your franchise. But second, third, fourth rounders, rookies, like you got to play. And, and if you get injured, it sucks, but I need to see you playing and, 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 and seeing NFL action. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have like an ironclad, um, formula for like what to do i think it's all kind of situation you got to feel for things um if you have a team that's coming off a really bad year and a couple guys are coming off of injury or they had a really slow start to last season you know maybe you do want to throw them out there early um i agree though with the hall of fame game you know for those who aren't aware you know the league moved from the four preseason game model a couple seasons ago to now three but they have one hall of fame game every year which counts as a fourth preseason game for those two teams that are playing. So the Jaguars and the Raiders will be playing in four games as opposed to three, uh, which everyone else is going to get. Um, I, yeah, I mean the hall of fame game, I didn't think that that was necessary to probably put Josh Jacobs out there, given that, you know, he's already has numerous seasons under his belt. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if they question whether or not he's their guy. I'm wondering if it almost says, 
he we actually don't think that he's uh, penciled in to be our featured running back this year. Zamir White looked pretty good later in that game. Flashed quite a bit, the rookie out of Georgia. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to take My over, thought was it had to be maybe new system, and he just wanted to that see how – he just wanted to see how lanes opened up and maybe he requested it or whatever. But again, if I'm the coaching staff, he feels like you're, you're starting running back and running backs, as we know, they are at risk of getting injured quicker and more easily than any other position. It's just, it's just the nature of the game. So I just, as a fan, I cringe at that stuff. Like as the bears take the field for their first preseason game this weekend, if fields, I would prefer, I would prefer, no starters. Um, but if you do take the field, I want no more than like a series or two. And then in game yeah. two, which would be the traditional game three, I want no more than a quarter. And I don't honestly need to see Montgomery at all in any of this. Sure. Cause again, he is, you know, he's, he's really important. Yeah. He knows. And, and I, maybe you'd argue, well, it's a new offense. You want to see him. It's the, it's the Shanahan style offense now. Uh, with their new offensive coordinator. But again, I, I struggle as a fan with that. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see Najee Harris out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in practice or like, Hey, let's, uh, you know, we don't, you don't need to see anything like he's, he's yeah. fine. You know, it's like, you know, Derrick Henry. Okay. He's coming off an injury. You want to see where he's Take at. Some hits. I get those things. Um, but you know, a guy like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, we got to see if he's ready to go. Yeah. Um, Saquon, you know, some of these guys, obviously you need to see, but there are other guys. I just, you don't, you don't need to see anything from Matt Stafford. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Game, um, I don't think, uh, you know, Jamar chase needs a ton of reps in the preseason. So there's just, there's guys where you got to protect them, but you got to also make sure that they are ready for NFL season and not getting, you know, shocked and, and, uh, really hurting after week one yeah. of the year. Cause that's a tough way to start your season. If you're a coach too, I just think you got to be smart about it. Fans will always be upset when a guy gets injured, but I will be way less pissed. I will not, I will just be upset, but I I'll start getting into the angry pissed. If I find out a player is, why is my starter in, in the third quarter of a game one or game two or game three of the preseason and they get rolled up on, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not going to be pissed. If all of a sudden the results come out, one of my favorite players or star player gets injured in a practice and a non-contact or something like that, like there's nothing you do. You have to practice. I know how important practice is to being really good at football. So I, I, I'm not going to get, I'm going to be upset, but I'm not going to be pissed at the organization. Now I will be pissed if it's like, oh, my quarterback gets uh twist an ankle because it's our four to practice in my, and my coach is running some drills. Where it's like, I want to, push toughness on a hot August day, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. So you, you as coaches, there needs to be someone in every NFL, um, you know, clubhouse, every NFL organization. That's like a fan who can say, Hey, from the fan perspective, don't fucking do that because you're going to lose fans. You're going to get like, uh, that's something that like every, every sports franchise should have one or two, like average fans. I volunteer myself for my teams. To be like, yeah, fans will be pissed. Uh, don't do that. 
just to provide the fan take. Like, fans are going to be really pissed at you if you dangle Wilson Contreras, you don't offer him a long-term deal, and then you don't and trade him. And make him cry. And yeah, so now the only way to salvage this then... is and sign him, like, and make him a cornerstone of your franchise. Like, they, every franchise needs the average, the average consultant. And that, for the preseason, it's a date. Every team is walking this dangerous line. I praised Nagy a couple of years ago and that none of the starters played because I was like, you know what? I, I, these games don't count. I'll praise McVay because McVay's another one of those guys. He's staunch on my guys don't see time in the preseason. It doesn't count. Yeah, so yeah. I'll praise that philosophy, but I'll also praise, listen, we need to see the rookie play. He's a rookie. We got to draft him. Like, I get it. Uh, and especially for teams that aren't necessarily win now. The Jags are not win now. Now, they don't want to get their rookie, their prize position injured, but, you know, Andy Reid should get shit if he puts Patrick Mahomes in a bad position and Mahomes is in there in quarter, late in quarter two of preseason game number two. Like, that's stupid. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Although I would say you'll probably want to see a little more of Trayvon Walker so that he's – because especially that position, that requires so much timing. Exactly. The more he can get timing And battling O-lineman bodies. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that'll help. But I, I also don't think that he should be playing – uh, all four games, um, or or if he is, then one series per game, and that's it. Uh, the well, a week after uh, Chris Boswell tied Justin Tucker for the highest paid kicker in NFL history, the Ravens said, "Okay, fine. Well, we'll we'll just one up you there." They uh, gave Justin Tucker an extension himself, now making him once again the highest paid kicker in NFL history. A four year extension worth $24 million and makes sense. He's the most accurate of all time and, um, and holds uh, plenty of records, including the longest field goal made a 66 yarder, uh, which also was to, uh, to win the game as well. So it's just classic Justin Tucker there. And uh, you know, we don't talk about kickers very much because they um, you know, most teams have a, a competent one, but when you have, when you have a legendary kicker, it, it makes a big difference. I mean, just ask about those, you know, Patriots teams of the early 2000s, how important Adam Vinatieri was to those yeah. runs. Um, if you're in a win now, important, uh, Tucker has been to the, yeah. to the Ravens and he, he's the best. He, he's, there's, he's, a, there's only two reasons to sign a kicker to a, a, a real long-term or big deal like that is if you're a win now, if your window's open and you trust the guy or if, you absolutely just know this is the guy like Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Pittsburgh is not necessarily in an open window, but they also realize they play in a tough place to kick and he's the guy. So just sign. And like where Justin Tucker makes sense. Cause he's not only the guy, he may be the goat kicker. Just like, he's kind of like Vinatieri is like Brady, but like Tucker's kind of like Rogers where you're like Rogers. We kind of know he's more talented. Just like, better at like just like throwing the ball like Tucker's a better just like kicker but Vinatieri was in the biggest moments the longevity and the rings oh, like all those yeah so it's kind of like that weird con you know I, like I don't as a Bears fan I have no need to sign a kicker right now to a big deal unless we know this kicker at, at a really tough place to make kicks is golden and I think Cairo Santos is, is, you know, he's paid well. And it's like, you got your guy, but like, there's no reason for the Texans to go out and spend a ton of, a bunch of money. You play in domes, you play in good weather and you're not competing right now. So if they were to sign a kicker to long-term deal, I'd be like, what the bleep are you doing? Like, 
Yeah, kickers are important, but you got a lot of other holes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally agree, and um, well deserved there for uh, for Justin Tucker, no question about it. And the Ravens are in a good position there. Not to mention um, uh, hard places to kick. You mentioned Heinz Field, but really, just like the AFC North in general, uh, those games are always so close. They come down to field goals. Absolutely especially Steelers Ravens. And uh, so, yeah, if you can have a guy that you can trust to get over that hump, definitely helps your cause, uh, especially come playoff time. You don't want a double doink on your hands. No, uh, God, yeah, no. Yeah. Don't want one of those. Uh, the uh, 2022 class uh, NFL hall of fame class was uh, inducted this past week. Yep. And uh, I'll go over the list real quick and we'll kind of just discuss a little bit about that. Always a good time of year. I like to watch the uh, speeches and stuff. I'll be honest. I was a little under underwhelmed this year. There were no, like, there was not really one guy where I was like really excited to see yeah. uh, maybe Dick Vermeil. I, I am a big Dick Vermeil fan, but it was uh Dick Vermeil, Cliff Branch, Bryant Young, Tony Baselli, Art McNally, Richard Seymour, Sam Mills, and Leroy Butler. So uh, your overall thoughts on the class and, um, and, and if you watched any of the ceremony, your thoughts on the ceremony. Yeah, they do a good job. The NFL does a really great job with the ceremonies. Uh, again, I, I I always feel bad. Everyone who's inducted to NFL Hall of Fame post Ray Lewis has just gotten screwed. Um, he ruined it yeah. for everyone. And it's another reason why he's he should be below Dick Buckus in the all-time linebacker rankings. I didn't <laughs> add that at the time. I will say, um, to me, the like I said, when the class was announced, kind of just like a, all right, it's a, it's a, one of those like um, makes sense doing some kind of cleanup class, like getting Baselli in, you know, that, that is part of like this cleaning it up, making, making, writing some wrongs, Butler say kind of same thing. So uh, you're right. No superstars, uh, but we have a couple coming in the, in the coming years. So these classes will uh, have some star power soon. Yeah, the Richard Seymour one got me just because of him punching Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, giving him that nosebleed however many years yeah. ago that was in that game with the Raiders. Uh, that always stood with me for sure. But he, he was dominant with those uh, Patriots teams. Like, you forget how how good he was. Uh, I'm, I've am i always been a big Dick Vermeil fan. I think he's a good quote and uh, was a good coach. He, yeah, I didn't ever really think of it in terms that they kind of framed it uh, was like he was the guy to resurrect teams. And so, yeah, I mean, he had 20 year gaps in between head coaching. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was very interesting to just see kind of the long, long gap. laid out. His speech was very long. He probably just like named about a uh, hundred people and it yeah. took like 15 minutes. Seemed like he went over the time limit a little bit. Uh, and then Sam Mills was good to see. Um, obviously, like I didn't know much about Sam Mills before coming out here. Yeah. He is a huge part of the Carolina um community and the fan base uh because even though is he, he the first spent, panther hall of famer uh he was the first pan he is the first panther hall of famer i believe yes um julius peppers will come be back honest. um probably luke keekley at some point um and yeah but but yeah he is the first of that and he had he had his like later in his uh careers when he came to carolina but he had their first uh, was was big in their first win. He had a pick six off of Bubby Brister. Um, he gave that passionate uh, keep pounding speech when he was diagnosed with cancer and uh, gave a speech to the guys during uh, their Super Bowl run. 
Um, and so he's just, you know, been, been a big figure. He's got a statue out there outside of Bank of America Stadium. So it's cool to see him kind of get honored and recognized. And I know a lot of the Carolina fans were happy to see one of their own uh, get yeah. in there uh, posthumously. So cool stuff there. Um, I agree. The presentation is always really nice. Um, I, I, I really dig the presentation. Um, from what I remember, there weren't any catastrophic busts, although in years past, there have been some doozy. There have been. That's for sure. There's been some really bad hair as well. Uh, but no, it's good overall. And, uh, and obviously it's, it's, you know, the, the hall of fame game is intertwined with the induction ceremony. We forgot to mention too, hopefully it's not a uh, foreshadowing for the season, but the hall of fame game was delayed like near an hour Yeah, uh, because of the lightning. I was like I ready say, to watch it. And then, I had this, uh, oh, okay. We got the weather delay. I had this thought. I thought, is anyone ever won the Hall of Fame game and then won the Super Bowl? Won the first game of the year, won the last game of the year. That'd be an interesting, maybe trivia to find out. You just start with the Super Bowl winners and then you'd look at the Hall. You know what I mean? You could kind of cross reference yeah. it. But um, I'm just going to type that in Google right now and see. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I, I that was one of the things that popped in my head. That yields results. 112 teams have appeared in the Hall of Fame game. Not a single one has gone on to win the Super Bowl. All right, so don't bet the Jags or the Raiders this year. And what they said this even. They said perhaps you think there's a technicality because the Super Bowl wasn't played until after the 1966 season, but that's not the case of the eight teams to appear in the game from 62 to 65. I didn't even realize it went that far back. Yeah, I didn't either. Um uh, only two made the postseason, uh, and both lost uh, the NFL championship. So yeah, no one's won it. Um, but it doesn't. I don't think it's said if if anyone's even gone to play for the Super Bowl. But yeah, interesting. I didn't know it's been around that long. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, an interesting tidbit there. Uh, any other thoughts um, on um, you know maybe I, I guess we were going to talk about some. Players that are, you know, uh, old, old names, uh, guys we know, but that old, are in new places and yeah. kind of how they'll impact the teams. Well, I was, I gotta be honest. I was starting to do some fantasy preparation stuff and yeah. there you use some of those things that kind of shock you, that jar you. And the one that, that got me was, um, Devonte Parker. I just, in my head, I was like, oh, okay, well dolphins to, uh, you know, he's, he might have some real opportunities this year. Cause Tyree kill. And it's like, oh no, he's in new England. And they're like, oh, crap. And I started then, like, going down the list and making sure I knew, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is everyone right now? One of the yeah, ones that's sneaky, sneaky ones. Ronald Jones, the running back, formerly the Bucks, is now in Kansas City. Andy Reid loves a goal line back and, like, giving the ball and, like, and, and, and you know, a guy could sneaky get a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, obviously, you know the things like Tyree Kills in Miami. This is another one that got me. Hayden Hurst. He yeah. was, remember, he was drafted ahead of, of Andrews in that tight end draft for the Ravens. They wanted, like, Hurst was going to be the guy. He then um, gets moved to Atlanta, had a nice productive season there, but then now he's moving on to Cincinnati. And I feel like, you know, a one-year deal in Cincinnati and a kind of a prove-it year uh, with Joe Burrow, that could be really huge. Uh, Robert Woods in Tennessee. Tennessee does get some replacement for uh, uh, losing out on Brown and uh, uh, trading uh, A.J. Brown. So just some little things like that. Austin Hooper, not on Cleveland anymore. He's in Tennessee. So just a couple couple under-the-radar guys, guys who aren't necessarily like um, 
all pros right now, but guys who are like, oh, wait, Hurst is productive. Hooper's productive. Uh, Woods is productive, guys, and they're in some new places. So just putting that warning out there to all our listeners, start reminding yourself of some of these names. Yeah. Of like, all right, where is that guy? Because you don't want to draft a guy thinking he's somewhere and he's not in the spot you think he's at. Yeah, I mean, most people – I mean, earlier this year I even did it when, with O.J. Howard. Uh, yeah. But – you know, beyond that, like we, we know the Devonte Adams is, you know, gone from green Bay. Like we know those moves, but even the Marquise Hollywood Brown to Arizona, like, you know, I feel like that's one that's kind of hasn't been talked about very yeah. much. Um, I think that's super important, especially now that they're going to lose D hop for the first six games of the year. They at least have like a number one guy that they huh? can slide in. He got uh, arrested he though. So we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't know if he's going to be suspended. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's very true. So it's, there could be a lot of issues there. Um, and we still got guys on the market. Uh, OBJ could have a new team uh, when, it, when that time comes. Um, you know, there, there's actually quite a few uh, wide receivers. Will Fuller, one of them, who, you know, a, a team will probably pick them up. These guys might wait till the end of the preseason, though, to, for uh, slots to open up. And so teams will get desperate. Get teams get desperate. They'll, yeah. they'll pay a little bit more when, they, when that desperation kind of sinks in as the season is upon them. I will say uh, a lot of hype has been coming out of Indy's camp as well with their, especially with their wide receiver core, which is an area that, you know, I thought was going to be relatively weaker overall uh, as compared to a lot of the other teams in the league. But I mean, think about like, there's a lot of hype about Michael Pittman, but there's talk about the rookie Alec Pierce coming up big. And then they have Paris Campbell. I mean, this could be a sneaky like really good offense with Matt. Is T.Y. Hilton still there? See again, I'm already questioning. So he's a free agent. He's one of those that hasn't been signed. Ah, yet. interesting. Um, and he he's one of those guys that's unfortunately dealt with a lot of injuries. I know. Past few years, you still think he might have something in God, him. Why do I feel like yeah. that's the name? I'm like, if the bear, I just feel like the Bears. I mean, some of these guys sitting out there. You you got to bring people into camp here. Come on, guys. Like, let's bring. Yeah, some I mean, you got to fill those fill those spots, right? Um, it's it's one of those things where that's that, that's why draft picks matter even in the seventh round like their bodies yep. to try and hit on that's why like there's been you know some um you know one of the guys over at Steelers Depot that I that I love to to listen to and, and watch a lot um they were talking about how the Steelers spent the seventh round pick on on a quarterback he's the fourth string quarterback right now he hasn't even gotten a rep in practice so yeah it's a way sitting you just wait like a seventh round pick is a pick that you know, if you spend that on a running back, they're getting reps. They're gonna, you're gonna show you something. A running back, oh, you should always use that seventh rounder for a guy like a running back or a wide receiver, just yeah. an athlete to bring in because you just never know if that athlete could, you know, pop and just have something that you, you maybe missed on tape. Yeah, those are important things, and uh, as we'll find out, I mean, the injuries pile up. You can't escape it. It's gonna happen, and it happens to uh, far too many teams. But, um, but yeah, so that's. Should about wrap up the news um, for today, Mark. Uh, and then I know uh, next week we'll have something in store uh, before taking the following week off. And then after that, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be We're in it. before the regular season. We're going to we'll have to make get our, our, predi- uh, our predictions, our in. predictions out. I've been doing this fun thing. I'll just, I just shout out. I, I, it's an interesting thing to think about if you're just thinking NFL and wanting to like, you know, put yourself in a brain as far as, making predictions and, you know, maybe some bets and stuff like that on my Saturday show that I do, I I've been going division by division. If I was the beat reporter for that team, 
what is like the big storyline for my team? You know, what is like that? This is the thing that's going to define our season and maybe even the future of the franchise. And when you break it down, just big level like that, don't, don't try to get too busy into X's and O's and things like that. You can really start to have a great, a great opinion on how you feel a team's going to do this year. And, and I, I'll take like the Niners, for example, I just did the NFC West this last weekend. The Niners, I love everything about the Niners. Their, their front office, their head coach, their, their defense, their wide receivers, their tight end. I think they have a solid offensive line, a great scheme. And then you look at Trey Lance, you go, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, I have no idea what this team's capable of. And then that's when you start spicing in like their schedule and you realize, God, they got a tough schedule. Like it's, it's a really, it's just something to think about if you're out there and you're, you're doing predictions or you're making a bet. You want to place a future on a team to maybe win a division or win it. Like just try to break it down to that simple. If I was the beat reporter, what's the headline for this team? Like what's the crux of this team? And it's not always, it's not always quarterback play or, or coaching. A lot of it too is like with the Rams, you're just like repeating is so hard. And like, you see what happens when a team, you know, they, they come with a little more swag. They maybe they don't grind as much. Like how can that derail a team? Like how can those things happen? So just things to think about, think about those big storylines for each team as you're, as you're doing your own NFL prep going into the season. For sure. Yeah. There's, Every team's got their question mark, so it's just about um, what you make of it and, uh, you know, how much weight you can put into certain ones. But certainly the, the Trey Lance situation in San Francisco is going to determine how how they do this. Absolutely. Quarterback play is too important. All right, that does it for us here on the Football Lounge. Be sure to give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter at FD Lounge Pod. He's Mark. I'm Dan. We'll see you guys next week.